0: And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into our college football playoff ranking show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The college final college football playoff rankings are coming down. And of course, the holiday season is here. I want to remind you guys stock up on all your favorites at Omaha Steaks and take advantage of that 50% off site wide by shopping the friends and family sale. Go to omahasteaks.com, Use the promo code Locked On and check out check out to uh, get $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. And we got the promo code right down there by Josh's head, the whole show. So let's welcome in our panel, Daniel Monroe. Host of Locked on Bulldogs covering Georgia. Josh Neighbors, host of Locked on Big 12 covering the TCU angle. And Jay Stevens, uh, host of Locked on Buckeyes. I'm Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. And guys, who is gonna be uh, you know, we don't have Michigan representation here, but we feel like we got every angle covered unless we get a surprise. So Daniel, we'll start with you. Georgia Bulldogs look pretty strong in their of LSU. and they're uh, dismantling a Villa Shoe. And we know they're in. We know they're number one, but thoughts on how Georgia looked, and then two part, should Alabama be in?
1: Yeah, Gordy, I'm I mean, I'm excited to be here. I I I have to admit I'm a little disappointed. I know you have a lot of pull. I thought maybe we would get Nick Saban on here <laughs> lobbying, begging the committee to let him in. I know he's been on every other media outlet in the known world trying to do that, but I guess we couldn't couldn't get that pull. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we were happy to, with what we saw in Georgia. Um, uh, I think they had messed around for the last couple of weeks and maybe shown some, some weaknesses, but um, – Looked strong against LSU. Gave up a few points, but um, looked pretty convincing uh, in the win. So excited to see. I think Georgia fans are excited to see who we're about to play. That's the big the big news that we're waiting for is who's going to end up at four.
0: And uh, the, the second part, in your opinion, and, and look, I'm an SEC guy. You're an SEC guy. Should Alabama be in?
1: No, TCU should be in over Alabama. I mean, it's I, – I mean, I don't know. It's it, – LSU is going to end up ranked, what, 20 final? So you lost to the number 20 team in the country, a team that another college football playoff team just blew out on a neutral site. I don't I don't know. Death Valley is probably not worth 19 points, um, in my opinion. TCU lost one game in overtime uh, to a team that's better, that's going to be ranked just as high as any team that beat Alabama this year. Uh, Alabama, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it were any other team. Yeah. Any other team. I, I personally would love to play Alabama in the SEC Championship game as a Georgia fan. I would rather play Alabama than TCU, and that is absolutely not any rhetoric or, or anything like that. I think this Alabama team is severely flawed, and they've shown that this year. And so, no. I don't think they'll get in. I don't think they should get in. But as uh, the number one seed, I would love it if they did get in because that would mean we would get to play them. Let's go to Jay,
0: host of Locked on Buckeyes. Nobody happier this weekend than Jay <laughs> Stevens. Uh, I'm sure you were a big Utah fan on Friday night and probably a big Kansas State fan on Saturday. Both USC and TCU lose, so we know that it's going to open the door. It looks like USC is going to fall out of this and opens the door now for Ohio State to slide in as one of the best one-loss teams. But just your reaction and watching that.
2: Chaos is what I was rooting for this weekend. On Friday night, I was watching the game, and then on Saturday in the second half, it into overtime. There was a thriller and there was excitement, and all the gashes on Max Duggan's arm were kind of making me anxious, wondering if they were going to win the game or lose the game. And um the chaos is what I was wanting what, what I was hoping for, and we got it. The Buckeyes are in a weird spot. They're, they're in a luxurious spot because I think in any other well, most years of college football. You lose in rivalry weekend, you're not going to be in the playoff. But because of the way they played previously earlier in the year and the way that conference championship weekend went, it kind of fell in their lap that they are probably going to be in the playoff this year. Um, USC had a good year, but the two losses and losing to the same team twice, it's not a good look, not a good look at all. But uh, the Buckeyes are very fortunate to be where they are right now at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, and look, there are some people who've argued You know, an embarrassing loss at home to Michigan. Maybe Ohio State hasn't done enough to prove it, but again, this is becoming a numbers game, guys. One loss is better than two losses in a lot of these cases, and so that's, really become a numbers game right. you now. Uh, let's get to Josh, host of Locked On Big 12. Um, I'm sure you're going to stump more than anything for TCU. I, I, I'll just share my opinion real quick, watching how they battled, watching Max Duggan stay in and coming up inches short in overtime. As soon as it went to overtime, I said, look, TCU's in. They, you know They've battled hard and all that, but make the case for why TCU should be in as either number three or number four.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're in. I think it's just a matter of where they fall, right? You know They still can say they've beaten everybody on their schedule, and, uh, you know, yesterday it came down to, like, last year's Big 12 title, that inches, right? I mean, you know, probably want to run Max Duggan there twice into the end zone. They didn't do it. They went with Kendra Miller instead, didn't get it. You know, Casey kicks a field goal, but you lose by three in OT, right? You're going to be in pretty good shape most likely. And I think it's a case of actually just now, like, where are they in relation to Ohio State, right? Um, in my opinion, they should be ahead of Ohio State. I mean, if you're talking about, hey, who's last, you know, who had the last loss? Uh, TCU comes later, but it's because it was a conference title game. It was the extra game. If they were to move TCU behind Ohio State, they're functionally treating last weekend like a bye, right? Like they're treating this like it was a bye week for Ohio State and they jump ahead as opposed to TCU earned a conference championship game, which they lost narrowly. So if you were to jump Ohio State over them, you'd be saying, you know, Ohio State got to take the week off after getting dog walked at home and uh, missing a conference title game. And, and getting in. So I think TCU at three is the right spot and Ohio state probably falls at number four there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the frog showed you know a lot of their weaknesses and finally got kind of caught there in close games.
0: Yeah. And our chat function is, uh, is live too. So anybody on YouTube or wherever you're watching this, you can, uh, uh, throw up a chat uh, throw up a comment and we'll, uh, we'll throw it in there for our guys real quick before we go back to Daniel, Josh, um, Nick Saban get hopping on Fox yesterday. I'm sure he's gonna be on, you know, Sports Center and all this. But like making the case, look, go ask the Vegas odds makers. They're the most impartial people out there. They would have us favored in a neutral field game against Ohio State and TCU. It, it's a it's a it's a case you can't argue, right? I mean, Alabama is still always gonna get the benefit of the doubt because they're always one of the most talented teams. But what'd you think of Saban hopping up there and making that argument?
3: It, like the idea, it's like, well, Vegas would have us a favorite. Yeah, I mean, TCU was dogs in a couple of their games. TCU, seven and a half point underdog against Texas, right? What happened in that game? TCU, defensive domination of a Texas team that had a lot of really good offensive performances this year. So you can't play the Vegas odds numbers. That's not how this stuff works. Alabama, as and, and this is proven through any sport, like look at the Packers spreads right now. you, you know, Look at any Tampa Bay Buccaneers spread those spreads are not as big as they should be because of a certain guy playing quarterback because of the brand because of a certain player whatever it is alabama's cachet a lot of times helps set lines places that they probably shouldn't be i think i saw was it was at the last 12 it was something like 6 and 6 ats for alabama so you know that spread number it's not a great argument it's just not, it's not where you want to kind of put your eggs in the basket of well we would be favored yeah but what happened when the games were actually played You lost two of them. You nearly lost a couple more of them. You know, and so uh, you can't go that direction. Yeah, it's, two, it's just not a logical
0: argument. Two important numbers. Alabama was, I think, a nine-point road favorite in Knoxville against Tennessee and a mm-hmm. 13-and-a-half-point road favorite in Baton Rouge against LSU. Lost both those games. So, again, were they close losses? If Will Reichert makes that field goal, they beat Tennessee. Uh, you know, lose on, on the, as time expires on a game-winning field goal to Tennessee. And then LSU, you know, go to overtime and LSU decides to go for two and they win on a two-point conversion. So, close losses. But, I mean, again, the
1: two, the two losses still is what hurts Alabama most. It's not even those games, Chris. Uh, Josh, your point is absolutely right on. Nick Saban's not an idiot. He's going to argue the point that makes his team look good. That just happens to be the only one that's favorable <laughs> for his team. the The relevant spread is that Alabama was a 20-plus point favorite going into Texas. In the, for that game, a game which they won by one point, a common opponent that they share with TCU, a game which TCU absolutely dominated and Alabama needed a backup quarterback and a missed field goal to win or and a made field goal at the at the buzzer to win that game. And so, yeah, I, I think Nick Saban. It's not a great look for the greatest football coach of all time to be out here lobbying, but that's that's where we are.
0: Well, let's also talk repercussions for Alabama. If they make the playoff, guess who's going to play? Hi you know, reigning Heisman trophy winner Bryce Young, Will Anderson who projects to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. If they go to the Sugar Bowl, I think both those guys are opting out. They're they're looking at us going, We're gonna go prepare for the draft. And you're starting Jalen Milro against probably a hungry Kansas State team that's gonna Play it like it's the Super Bowl. They want it. They want to beat Alabama for brand recognition and all that. So it is a big dynamic flip if if Alabama makes it into the playoff. But uh, Jay, let me jump to you real quick. Uh, Ohio State, like we said, we think they're in, but make the case for why they should be either ahead or behind TCU at three or four.
2: Their season this year, they had <clears throat> an interesting look. And they just dominated basically everybody. I get one loss. I get the way that it looked. But I'm going to do something that I think most people will not like. I say all the time, when you lose matters in college football. Josh Neighbors, I think, was on here last time I I talked about this. And he he made the, the, the same reason. But Buckeye fans are going to be talking about The week TCU lost matters. They don't care that it was conference championship weekend. It's literally when they lost. And when you lose, you should fall in the poll. Even if it's one spot, you should fall in said poll. And we're right now about to find out where where TCU's going to fall in Ohio State. Many people are going to say, well, TCU lost. Let's jump them because of when they lost. It's a weird numbers game. It's weird how people view this stuff. But I do think... There are people in that committee room that will say, TCU lost. We don't care about the 13th game. Let's put Ohio State over them. Also, I'm going to throw something out there that people will say is weird. I partly think it's weird, but ratings matter. And you want a rematch of Ohio State and Michigan in the playoff for ratings purposes. Honestly, for me, my personal opinion, I don't think that should hold weight in that committee room. But this is a moneymaker, and I understand how these are, these things are viewed by people in the committee room, by TV networks, everybody, excuse me, ESPN, not going to say TV networks, it's, ES, it's an ESPN thing. I understand how this thing is going to go, and they desperately want a rematch of the game between Ohio State and Michigan on New Year's Eve. That's probably what they want. Do they have an influence in that? Probably. But when you lose matters, and that, that, that it could hurt TCU
3: i just like to respond by saying, like, you have to factor in, though, the ultimate other side of that is Ohio State didn't have a chance to lose because of how bad they lost Mm -hmm. previously, right? Mm -hmm. Not how bad. I mean, if they lost, if they just lost, they wouldn't have a chance, right? If it was a two-point loss, they still wouldn't have gone. But they lost by 20-plus points at home. Uh, And so, and I know, once again, Michigan's a really good football team. Yes. And when you lose does matter. But I think it's interesting to frame it like this. Let's just say Tennessee hadn't lost South Carolina, Right. What we'll be doing is we'd be debating right now, TCU versus Ohio State, right? We'd pretty much be assuming that uh, Tennessee at 11 and 1 is in there. If we were doing that, I feel very confident in saying TCU would be in and there probably wouldn't be much debate. But now we're talking about seeding. It seems like the Ohio State could creep above them argument is there. So if we were talking about this same conversation for a spot, there would be a ton of outrage if Ohio State had made it over them uh, if, You know, in that situation. I think in this one there would be less outrage because it's just for seeding, but I still think the same conversation should apply in this situation. TCU should be over them because they had an opportunity to win a title that Ohio State squandered against a very good team in the final week of the season.
0: It's uh, it's interesting, and and again, you know, I, I think Jay makes some really good points about you know Michigan, Ohio State. In a national championship would bring a lot of big eyeballs. Only problem with that argument, I'll go back to Daniel, I think Georgia's going to be in the national championship. So what do you make <laughs> of it? We'll see here the, the, the matchup we get. But if, as a Georgia fan who just saw LSU's backup quarterback come in and throw for like 250 yards, are you more afraid of TCU? Are you more afraid of Ohio State? Who, who in your mind would be the more favorable matchup right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, 500 yards passing for LSU in the game. I mean, just absolutely. Georgia hadn't seen numbers like that in a long time. So I might be in the minority here. And we, we're we going to talk about this on the show this week. But I, I really, I would rather play Ohio State than TCU as a Georgia fan. I And I know they're more talented. I know that they have more five stars. I know that you know they got a Heisman Trophy, you know, favorite at quarterback, and they've got you know Trayvon Henderson will probably be back for the uh, by by New Year's Eve. But to me, the the way that you beat Georgia is with the deep ball. I think you throw you throw it down the field and you push the corners and safeties down the sidelines. I think that's how we've seen teams have success against Georgia. That's why people thought Tennessee was going to be able to play with Georgia. But Georgia was able to take that away. I think TCU does that better than Ohio State. Uh, I think TCU's big, talented wide receivers and Max Delgan's ability to push the ball down the field on deep play action shots is makes me more nervous as a Georgia fan. So, to be honest, I would rather play Ohio State even though they're the more talented team. The spread, Josh, to your point – the spread wouldn't be as big in the Georgia-Ohio State matchup. Vegas would like Ohio State a little bit more. But I would rather play them just because I think the style of play lends itself more towards something that Georgia can stop uh, versus if TCU hits some of those deep shots and Keely Ringo got, he got exposed a little bit in the SEC championship game against LSU, if TCU is able to do that, I think that's where Georgia could run into some problems.
0: Jay, let me jump to you real quick on what you saw out of this Michigan team because it is interesting if we end up, you know, if we do get a Georgia Michigan rematch in the National Championship. <laughs> we saw that game played out in the first round of last year's playoff, but this Michigan team seems to be do a lot of the little things better than last year's Michigan team.
2: That game last night I was expecting Jeff Brom of Purdue to throw everything, the kitchen sink at Michigan, because that was the only shot they had of winning that game. In, in the moment, I'm discussing and thinking about how the talent gap, gap is so large. But when you have a freshman corner who is playing so well, like number two did for Michigan, forget his name at the moment, and you're getting your backup running back who goes for, I think, sixty on the ground, you're having the offensive line move people consistently. And by the fourth quarter, The offensive line of of Michigan kind of wore down Purdue. It was just just a weird kind of fun game to watch to see. You know Michigan's going to do things in the second half. You know, they're a well-coached team. You know, they're extremely disciplined. But to see it on display, not just a week ago in the biggest game of the year, but also for a trophy to say you're going to win back-to-back conference championships for the first time that there has been a conference championship game in the Big Ten, that means something, and I do believe Jim Harbaugh has done a phenomenal job of hiring the right coaches, bringing in the right type of players, and the players believe in Jim Harbaugh and what he is preaching every single day. There is a belief, I do believe, inside that Michigan locker room that no matter who they step on the field with, no matter if it's Georgia, a rematch with Ohio State, a TCU, I don't think anybody else uh, is going to actually be in the playoff. I think that's, Those are the four schools that will be in. I think Michigan's very, very confident that what they bring to the table – Even without Blake Korn, who is out for the year, they can beat anybody that's on the field with them. And there's a different dynamic with J.J. McCarthy as quarterback. Early in the year, I thought it should have been Cade McNamara, but they are doing different things, and there's a confidence and a belief in QB1 in Ann Arbor. And it's been on full display all year. It was on full display as the competition got better against Penn State, against Ohio State, against Illinois, who's a good football team, not so much in the Penn State-Ohio State argument, but also against – Purdue in a Big Ten championship, J.J. McCarthy made plays. It's not so much the Penn State game, that was more on the ground, but he's making plays with his arm and with his legs to move the ball consistently down the field. This team, I it's weird saying this, but the Wolverines can have an opportunity to be scary or dangerous in the college football playoff. I just wanted to make
0: Jay say really nice things about Michigan there, so thanks for that, Jay.
2: Um, <laughs> hey, go ahead, go ahead. Just ex- ex- this part out, act like I didn't say that at all. Just forget it. <laughs> we're, we're we're waiting
0: on ESPN, of course, as they do everything, drawing it out. Let's let's slow play this thing. I already checked in in every city of all the potential top teams, so we're just waiting on the playoff rankings. They to also come out. have
3: the table, Chris, where the shot is of uh-huh. the back of of I believe David Pollock's head. They've turned around now, and here we go. So, but the back of David Pollock's head, and the back of Jesse Palmer's head, which was very weird.
0: Yeah. So as soon as we they start revealing the teams, we're going to reveal them for you right here and, and we'll debate it. But it is interesting. Uh, you know, I just saw somebody commented and said the the committee wants to um, the committee wants to see an Ohio State Michigan rematch. Uh, that's not a guarantee in the second round. So you know, would you be more inclined if you're on this playoff committee, Josh, to put Ohio State number three? Um, just be, to make sure you get that mat- rematch.
3: Yeah, but at that point, if we're doing that, just put Alabama in, too, for the ratings, right? If that's... What we're, if we're I mean, gonna go right, for the, yeah. Like, if that's... I mean, what, like, TCU shouldn't play football at that point, right, Chris? <laughs> I, so, a, I know it's being hyperbolic, but, like, come on now. If, if we're going to do that for television ratings, I know part of it is, you can do that at some points, but when the case is clear-cut like this, y- you need to kind of go where the ratings... or go where, excuse me, the, the metrics show you. As opposed to the actual television ratings.
0: Well, look, I mean, it's it, when when everything has the words AT and T and you know all the the corporate sponsors, those people are paying top dollar, and they want to, you know, they want the most eyeballs, and and you would have monster eyeballs on an Ohio State Michigan playoff game. Georgia TCU, I think, would be fine, but I think you would get way more on, on that one. So we're going to see. They are uh, getting ready to reveal here uh, the the uh, playoff spots. And, um, again, they're going to slow play this to, to reveal the, the top six here slowly. And, of course, Georgia coming in at number one. And you may be ahead of me, Josh, so I'm just going on my TV here. Georgia is number one at 13-0. No surprise there, Daniel. The Bulldogs with the best, uh, you know, back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. But, finally, Kirby Smart gets his second SEC championship in his tenure there. So, good to see there. And, uh, as Josh just said, number two will be Michigan here. So, Again, no surprise there. Those are the two teams that were one and two. They both took care of business on conference championship weekend, and they're one and two. Um, So we'll see how they'll reveal five and six here in in just a second. Okay, so you just threw it out there, Josh. TCU is coming at number three. All right, well, there we go. TCU is number three. So it will be TCU versus Michigan, which, um, again, not what we were just saying a second ago, that the TV people might want that, but – I'm sure, I'm sure they'll keep us in suspense here on who will be the number four team. So as soon as you get that, Josh, go ahead and, and let us know. But, uh, um, Josh, let me throw it to you real quick. Michigan TCU uh, should be a good one, right?
3: You hope so. The frogs may have to get a little bit away from the three-three-five. Um, not sure the three-down lineman's gonna <laughs> they're gonna gonna do too much against the Michigan rushing attack. Might have to commit more guys. And look, it's it's a fun, exciting challenge for Joe Gillespie. Um, it's a different kind of rushing attack, in my opinion, what they've just faced against Kansas State and Deuce Vaughn, and then the really awesome game. So uh, it's a really interesting game, but uh, TCU's got a chance to do some things in the passing game that are pretty exciting. The one thing for them though is they're going to have to run the ball against a really good rushing defense in in Michigan. Uh, that is going to be their challenge because Kendra Miller in the running game, it's a huge part of how they establish, like we talked about earlier, that play action pass. So they're going to have to rush the ball effectively if they want a a good chance of beating Michigan. Because I think that defense for Michigan right now, like we saw against Ohio State, it's the heartbeat for them. That's what's getting the job done, allowing the offense to run the football. And then J.J. McCarthy, like we saw last night, to be pretty effective and made some plays on the move, too.
0: I want to take this second real quick to remind you guys our show is presented by our friends at Omaha Steaks and the holidays are here, so if you're thinking about trying to decide what to get friends family, whoever, for gifts for the holiday season there's nothing better than Omaha Steaks, I just got my box in a couple weeks ago we've been firing it up every weekend, firing up the grill, we have the steaks, we have the burgers we're going to do the chicken this coming week and uh, go to omahasteaks.com right now you can use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, it is a gift from the heart a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite, you can order with complete confidence. Confidence knowing you're ordering the very best, OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code LockedOn at checkout to get that extra thirty dollars off your order. Minimum order may be required. It's the world's best beef over at Omaha Steaks. All right, we are uh, waiting to see here. And Josh, go ahead and reveal who our number four team is.
3: Jay, congratulations! The Ohio State Buckeyes are going to be number four and set up. And also, I mentioned this too: Ohio State, Mich- Ohio State versus Georgia, Michigan versus TCU. Like, from a betting perspective, going back into what Nick Saban said, the two most compelling matchups I think you can make from that perspective, betting-wise, too, it's pretty interesting to see how they handicap this.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting that they basically gave TCU a wash yesterday. And, and this is interesting from a standpoint of we've seen one-loss Big 12 champs get dinged before, that they basically said, TCU, you put you, as soon as you went to overtime, we didn't care. It was a wash. We're not moving you down. We're not moving you up. Um, that's that. But let's get into it since we know what the game will be. Let's go... Back to Daniel, uh, thoughts on uh, early thoughts on this Georgia Ohio State first round playoff matchup.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be getting a lot of people on Twitter messaging me because I just you baited me into saying that I wanted to play Ohio State, <laughs> and now we're going to play Ohio State, and so God forbid we lose that game, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a tough matchup for. The Bulldogs, um, uh, this is a this is if you go by composite ratings and talent ratings and Vegas metrics and all those things that we just got finished saying don't really matter. Uh, Ohio State's the most talented team other than Georgia that's in this playoff. They are uh, probably the the Vegas' second favorite team that's in the playoff. And so and it's the team, I think it's an intriguing matchup from the angle that. You know Georgia uh, over the last over this run has obviously had their their games against Alabama. They've gone toe to toe with Nick Saban, lost uh, lost to him, and and beaten him finally last year. Um, and they've they played Oklahoma in 2017, and they um, they played Michigan last year in the, the semifinal game. Ohio State and Ryan Day is kind of the team that Kirby has not really matched up against of the of the traditional powers that are have been at the top of college football. And so I think it's an exciting matchup for Georgia fans. I think it's an exciting matchup for Ohio state fans. I think this is, this is what you want. It's supposed to be the playoff, right? Like this is what you want. You want good teams playing each other and you want to see which team is better. And so I think uh, the game's going to be in Atlanta and that's going to be nice for Georgia as it should be as the number one seed. But uh, Ohio State's going to have a lot of fans there, and Ohio State's going to going to have a talented team. I'd be interested to hear what Jay thinks in terms of like health and players back. And you know, do we see Smith and Jigba in this game? Uh, do we see Henderson come back? Like I said earlier, I think it's a long time to rest. And if Ohio State gets healthy, then they they could um, they could be very good. Before we jump to
0: Jay, let me just ask you, Daniel, because Georgia had a couple of people banged up in the SEC championship. We saw Warren McClendon. We saw Ladd McConkie. Uh, any thoughts, any words on any of those guys, and if anybody will miss any significant time there?
1: Yeah, I kind of. it's it's funny you say that. You know, McClendon, I think Kirby indicated after the game. Kirby's never going to give you any information, but he indicated after the game that McClendon wasn't too bad. Uh, McConkie, he indicated was... Not necessarily a, a new injury, but just sort of an aggravation. And, and the way he walked off the field gives me a little bit of hope there. But actually, I think George is as healthy as they've been all year. A.D. Mitchell back in that game. And so A.D. Mitchell's the best wide receiver for Georgia by a lot. Uh, and he's missed the last six, seven weeks um, uh, with uh, a leg injury. He was back in that game and looked good. Uh, Jalen Carter is as healthy as he's been all year, so I actually think, you know, had the had those two men that you mentioned in the, in the championship game, but Georgia might be as healthy as they've been all year uh, leading up to this game, and so uh, I think from that standpoint, they're in a pretty good spot. Let's get to Jay.
0: Uh, Jay, uh, thoughts on the matchup, and like Daniel said, how healthy will the Buckeyes be?
2: I'm... Really happy to simply be in because I think this year in college football has been weird uh, with the way the teams have gone. But just being in is a luxury, but you have to bring your A game. I understand 2022 should not have a bearing. I mean, 2021 should have a bearing or should view how you look at 2022. But Georgia won the natty last year. Like, that means something. They are the defending national champions, number one team in the country, and they have a shot to repeat as national champions. Ohio State needs to come into this game with a better mindset, a different mindset, and with a fire and a look in their eye that shows they understand what's right in front of them, they understand the opportunity, and actually go out and play football. Ohio State Buckeye football for four quarters. In regards to the injury injury situation, I'm not the biggest Travion Henderson fan. I'm going to say that now. People on on Buckeye say that all the time. Uh, Daniel, maybe you and I could do that, talk about this off air, maybe here. I don't care. Um, but he has has he has had his own issues. I had a show earlier where I said he should not be the starting running back at Ohio State. But I do believe him and Mayan Williams, two guys that have been banged up throughout this year, that one two punch. And I don't care who starts in that. I do think Mayan's a better running back. But I do think those two guys together, all on the field every now and then, they provide a, a great duo for Ohio State in the backfield. For Smith and Jigba. I do believe if this was a New Year's Six Bowl, he would not play. I actually talked earlier, because I didn't really think the Buckeyes were going to be doing this, that he would not play again for the Buckeyes. But something tells me November 31st, 8 p.m. Eastern in Atlanta, and Jigba plays for the first time since the Iowa game. And I don't really I, – I, I know it's, a, an, a, it's an asset, but I really wonder how it's going to affect the other receivers at Ohio State that have been playing all year long. The defense, to me, is going to be an interesting conversation and look because they struggle with tackling in the secondary. Secondary's been a little bit of a liability. I wonder how that's going to be. You have a month to prepare for this game. You got to bring your A game. You can't show up like you did against Michigan. You cannot do that again because you're going to be out on the outside looking in in a potential rematch of the Wolverines in the national championship for a trophy. Won't happen if you show up against Georgia like you did against Michigan. So the health is going to be great. There's been some guys banged up on the old line also on defense as well. If everybody's healthy, this is going to be one of the best games you've seen all year long. It should be. I will say should be. Not will be. I'll say should be. I said the same thing, that it will be the best game, one of the best games all year against Michigan, and we all remember how that game went down.
0: Well, I think the big question everybody's asking is, who's Justin Fields going to root for in this game? So we'll see. Uh, By the way, uh, Alabama coming in at number 5, Tennessee coming in at number 6. So the SEC kind of, you know, SEC's always gotten the benefit of the doubts. Yeah, they end up on the outside looking in with two extra teams there that had a chance to get in. We've become so accustomed to, you know, when two teams from the same conference get in, it's been the SEC since the playoff iteration has been here. And now the Big Ten. Gets the benefit of the doubt and they get two teams in. So interesting how that shakes out. You wanted to add something, Jay?
2: Yeah. Why does head to head not matter? I am so confused. I remember Tennessee Alabama. beating Alabama, Alabama and they, I, I understand the brand recognition and I think it's stupid. I know brand recognition and the symbol of your helmet rules a sport, but this is stupid. Like, what are we doing where we're in a sport where you have people in a committee room where they're supposed to be different and you're supposed to put their brains together and not look at brands, but they can't do that? Like, I've been, I've not liked the committee since they for a very long time, even when they were favorable in Ohio State in the very first uh, year of the playoff. But this is dumb. This is really stupid. Where the head to head does not matter, even if it's five six, where the Bulls are going to pick who goes where. This is dumb. Like, I don't understand how this continues in this sport.
0: I think it's when you lost, right? I mean, it's been five weeks since Alabama lost in overtime to LSU. We saw Tennessee just, what was that, three weeks ago get abolished by South Carolina and Spencer Rattler putting 66 on them. So I think that is what factors, worse loss versus close loss and all that. But you're right. I mean, this is why we're moving to an expanded playoff because – you know, a bunch of people sitting in a room debating this kind of stuff. There's always going to be an argument, one way or the other. Josh, have something to add?
3: Yeah, I mean, about like the the conference thing is really interesting because look at the look at this top. I guess what six, seven now, whatever it's going to be. Because I, who, I forgot who seven was last week, but is Penn State seven? I think they're right there. Right? Penn State
2: was eight last week, I believe. So I'm think not
3: sure. Tennessee was number, seven. Tennessee seven. So right now, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, snuck in there. Uh, big Ten, SEC, SEC, and then it's going to be another Big Ten team. Um, the gap—it's going to get bigger once the television contracts kick in, but that gap is pretty big as it is right now. And it's a miracle we had an AAC team slip in last year. But I think you're just you're seeing it right now, like the the margin for error for teams from unless you're like Clemson, but if teams from the ACC, from the Pac-12 from the big 12, that margin of error, in my opinion, is going to continue to get smaller and smaller. Um, and it's another great year for the big brands because you see all of them really, you know, kind of near up towards the top. So I think it's one thing that we have to track. It's also really good news, kind of of relief, that we're going to a, you know, expanded college ball playoff. Because if we didn't have the AQs, uh, it would be <laughs> – a lot of a lot more money than it's already going to the SEC, and the Big Ten. They get even more than they're getting right now. So I think that's something that's interesting. Also, shout out to the Big Twelve for sneaking your way in there, and and, and, that, and that group of teams, the kind of the power too, right now.
0: And just to give you the kind of uh, cool thing that that the expansion will bring us in the future. Had this been this year, and we're waiting on the other teams to to be ranked. I guess they're waiting on announcing those. But Michigan and Georgia would both get buys. Uh, and TCU and Ohio State will be hosting home playoff games, right? I think I have that right. In yeah, the Kansas
3: State would—I mean, Kansas State would be buys. getting by, and probably Clemson would be getting right. I guess the conversation would be between Clemson, Utah, and Kansas State for the next two buys. Uh, yeah, I mean, fascinating. And then I think there would be a great debate. I mean, between Tulane and look, Troy. Troy didn't get the respect they deserve, and there'd be a great conversation about, hey, you know, who should be that sixth highest ranked conference champion which that's great for the sport that in, the, in years in the future we'll be debating between a Tulane and a Troy about who's more deserving for that spot
0: yeah the interesting thing is the power five is or, or the uh, group of five has been making their case making their push and some people were saying maybe Tulane should have been considered Cincinnati opened that door last year they got in they got obliterated we're done with the group of five, is what the committee said. We'd rather uh, a non Big Ten go, champ.
3: Most teams do against I've Gotta give them that. They did about, about as well as other teams doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, regardless, at least uh, at least they, they they put in Ohio State, who we think is at least somewhat deserving. But Daniel, let's uh, let's jump to you on this as we look ahead. And 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 really, I heard somebody bring this up yesterday, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, that Georgia is the new Alabama. Uh, You can't deny what Kirby Smart has built there. top five recruiting classes year in and year out Uh, Two undefeated regular seasons, you know, basically one loss in the last two seasons. Uh, Is Georgia the new Alabama right now?
1: Yeah, I don't I think Georgia is the I I think Georgia is the new dynasty. So whatever, if that's what that means, like new Alabama, I think I think that is that's what Kirby is establishing. You know, my co-host Clint. Was on, I think with you at the beginning of the season and said that same thing and our boy Luke uh, from Locked On Bama kind of laughed at him, kind of shrugged him off. But, I mean, I think that's what you're seeing with the way Kirby's recruited and the way that he's built the program and the culture. Um, that's – Georgia is not going anywhere. Georgia – I mean, Stetson Bennett. It's trying to become like the fourth quarterback in college football history to go back-to-back national championships um, after uh, nobody wanting him, including his own fans last early last year. And so uh, he's he's finding a way to win. He's finding a way to maintain intensity. I think he's the best motivator in college football and the best recruiter in college football. And I think he's hired the right people specifically Todd Monken at offensive coordinator, um, to 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 bring this team to where it needs to be. And so, yeah, I mean you look at the you look at the players coming back and you know there's obviously questions at offense because you don't know, you know, is Carson Beck gonna win the job next year and what's the quarterback situation going to look like. But the defense for Georgia is going to be better next year than it is this year. And that is almost we're losing Jalen Carter. That seems crazy, but that's almost an undeniable fact, like, there are just so many dudes on this Georgia roster that, um, this was going to be a bit of a down year for Georgia after losing everybody to the NFL, and next year was going to be the year that we were kind of bounced back. But uh, I think Kirby just keeps finding ways to keep these kids motivated, and when you've got talent and you've got motivation. Then that's really that's that's all you need. And Georgia showed, I think, against LC, You know, Georgia's played with its food a little bit for the last few weeks against Georgia Tech and Kentucky, Mississippi State, and people have um, people have kind of been down on them for that. But I think they've showed last uh, last night that when they come out and play their game, that they're they're a really difficult team to contend with. So, yeah. I, I know for a fact there aren't any Georgia fans out there who are trying to trade their coach um, for another one in college football.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's get final thoughts, and uh, Daniel, will just stick with you real quick. Anything else you want to add as we uh, put a cap on this thing?
1: No, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for the playoff. These are the teams that should be in. I think you could quibble over the seating, but these are the teams that deserve to be in the playoff, and these are the teams that are in the playoff. And I mean, I really, I mean, I really believe that Georgia is going to be a favorite over Ohio State, and Michigan's going to be, I think, a pretty big favorite over TCU. But I really think any of these four teams can win the national championship. Josh, and that is an exciting—that's an exciting place. Josh, final thoughts?
3: Uh, yeah, really excited for for TCU, the first team guys from the state of Texas to make the college football playoff. TCU Horned Frogs. It was not Texas A&M. It was not the University of Texas. It was TCU. It's big. It's really important for the Big 12, obviously. This is the first non-Oklahoma you know, team to make the college football playoff. Uh, the next step for them, obviously, is to go out and try to be competitive in this game. It's a really bad matchup for them. Um, I think playmaker-wise, they've got just as many guys out there that can make plays as as Michigan does. I think the line of scrimmage, like most college football games, is where this one will be decided. Michigan, huge advantage, especially with their defensive line. So, uh, Frogs have a tough task ahead of them. They got to make that thing a game. I'm excited to see what Joe Gillespie, what Garrett Riley, what Sonny Dykes all have cooked up uh, for the New Year's Eve game
2: they have. Jay, final thoughts? I'm excited. Daniel said it. I'm with Josh and some things about the matchups, but I'm excited about what we're going to be able to witness on New Year's Eve. These two teams, these, excuse me, these two games, these four teams playing, they should be in. And it doesn't matter where who you're playing, you got you have to show up. From the Ohio State side of things, the last time we saw them play, they didn't show up and bring their A game. Maybe more of a C game. It was really kind of weird to see that game go out, but everybody here, including the Buckeyes, knows you must bring it all for all four quarters, all 60 minutes if you want to win the game. Lay it all out there. If you work on work on getting healthy, work on your scheme, work on trying to find different holes in the opposition's offense or defense or maybe on special teams, work on it. You have a month to do so. Work on those things and just one be excited that you're at your as you have an opportunity to play for national championship, but also be prepared for a battle on New Year's Eve in these two bowl games for a chance to play for the national championship.
0: Yeah, and as we wrap up, guys, our friends at online they've uh, got the odds to win the playoff. Georgia, the uh, overwhelming favorite there. It looks like you can get some pretty good value on TCU to get in there. So if you, if you leak the Horn Frogs and Max Duggan can uh, ride a hot wave, you can get a little, a little good payoff there. But uh, betting on Georgia – there's no money in betting on Georgia, Daniel. So, uh, uh, sorry on that front. But hey, you guys will take another championship. Appreciate you guys for uh, joining us. Of course, we'll have all of our shows throughout the week on Locked On, talking about the playoffs and talking about all the other great bowl games, which are going to get announced uh, later this afternoon as well. For Daniel Monroe, locked on Bulldogs. Josh Neighbors, locked on Big 12. Jay Stevens, locked on Buckeyes. I'm Chris Gordy, locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for watching and keep it locked right here to Locked On and the Locked On Podcast Network.